This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Joining myself, Omar, we've got Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. You all right? Hello, mate. Hello, my brother. How you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, shalom. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting stick off Mickey just before we went live there with my beard, but there you go. We, we take it on the chin, as they say. And, uh, All in good taste. On. That's it, mate. I mean, well, I think this is our 26th show of the 2021-22 season. We've had a little bit of hiatus, haven't we, Mickey? We took a little break over the international break, extended it over a week. Uh, but we obviously got three games to catch up on today. Uh, just yeah. chit-chat about Millwall, give our opinion on the last three games. Obviously, that's Millsborough away, uh, Bournemouth at home and Hull away, just gone at the weekend. If you're new around here and you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, hit the like button. It's always appreciated. And leave your views and opinions in the comment section below. 
And if you're listening on audio, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, again, be sure to give us a review. We do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go straight to part number one and talk about the last three games back shortly. Welcome to the first part of the show. Mickey, we've obviously said we've got a bit to catch up on here today, and that's three games uh, since the international break for Millwall. Away to Millsborough, we drew one all. Uh, we drew them one all at home against Bournemouth. And then, unfortunately for us, we actually lost last time out against Hull City. Uh, as a general overtake of the three games, mate, how do you feel about the last three? And we'll go into depth about Millsborough first, I suppose, in a minute. But no winning three. You know, the kind of the form has not been great either, has it? I mean, overall, we've been going into the international break was on quite a high, I feel like. But there's still rooms positives, I feel like, in the last few games. If you want to, yeah, I mean, the last, the last two games, we sort of played a new formation, I mean, um, uh, or, or maybe the start of maybe the third as well. We sort of bringing in a new formation as such, and um, yeah, especially the last game, I suppose, or especially the Bournemouth game. Um, it was exciting, wasn't it? Um, you know, to 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 play that way, I gave a bit of a bit of a lift, a bit of positivity on social media. Um, yeah, I mean, the last game against Hull, um, we should have we should have nailed that up. We should have been three, four, one up, really. Um, but again, it just shows everything what we're missing. You know, it don't really matter where we are with formation. We just seem to be missing a. Um, a serial goal scorer, a striker, or you know, an attacking midfielder who can score goals. So, Millwall are currently on in the league table, so to speak. We are sitting in tenth place, yeah. twenty games played, only Did six you, wins. But you're nine, at the beginning of the season, wouldn't you? Yeah, nine draws and five defeats, sitting on a goal difference of negative one, and twenty-seven mm. points taken from them twenty games. I mean, goal score has obviously been an ongoing issue for Millwall under Gary Rowett, so to speak. I'm going to take a different angle and I'm going to say defensively, we need to sharpen up a bit more as well. I think we've only had four clean sheets all season in 20 games, which is obviously a one in five rate. For Millwall, that's, you know, kind of a shock to the system, isn't it? You know, the last couple of seasons, Bart's always been in contention for the Golden Glove, so to speak. I think the season before last, he won the Golden Glove. Um, and, you know, he's always had a good record of keeping clean sheets. I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Um, but, you know, I think as a collective, just a lot of individual mistakes seem to cost us in games where, you know, we've had chances, like you say, to score goals. But also we are scoring goals. We scored in our last three games back to back. And I think even before the international break, we drew one with Derby. We beat Reading 1-0. Finding the back of the net, albeit in a steady rate, we're still doing that. It's just maybe goals against we need to try and nip the bud in. I mean, we'll start with the Middlesbrough game. Like we said, there was a change formation after this game. Uh, but Chris Wilder's first game in charge at Middlesbrough, always going to be a tough place to go, wasn't it? And, you know, yeah. it was a good solid point on the road in the end, I feel like. They were kind of on top, weren't they, for a lot of the game, but we rode our luck. And then I think we got the goal towards the end of the game. And, you know, thankfully, got a point to take back home to Middlesbrough. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I agree with what you're saying about defensive. We seem to um, be making silly mistakes. You know, players like Cooper, etc., who were, were always dependable, seem to be, you know, seem to have a mistake in them now. Um, and I've got no idea why that is, um, you know, whether or not, I don't know, maybe there, there's, you know, a bit of turmoil with new positioning, new, you know, new formation or 
the way they're doing things or, or, or what, I don't know, loads of stuff that we probably will never know about. But there seems to be something there because Cooper used to be Mr. Dependable. You know, Rangers were looking at him, Celtic was looking at him, you know, loads of big teams were allegedly looking at him. Um, and now you probably wouldn't even think that the Royal Oaks looking at him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll make you right. I mean, it's a hard one. Obviously, he got suspended after the Middlesbrough game. I think he's got his fifth yellow card of the season. Um, and he's played 16 games so far this season. But he's not been able to get back in the team, has he, the last couple? Um, I mean, he obviously was on the bench for the game at the weekend. You know, he, he was suspended for the Bournemouth game. We've obviously seen that change in shape. But I suppose individuals are letting us down, like you said there. I think even on Saturday, just gone against Hull, you know, for George Honeyman's first goal, I think Danny Mack goes in for a tackle, misses the ball. And then we're caught napping down the right-hand side of the pitch. Dan Ballard's one on the defender. Ball goes in the box. Hutch tries to clear it with his head. It just falls straight into the path of Honeyman. And it was kind of a bit of a fortuitous ricochet, I think. Um, but even the Bournemouth game, you know, I think it was an individual mistake that led up to Solanke's goal. And the same goes for the Middlesbrough game, where I think we gave the ball away. Crooks then races away, you know, and he's, I mean, I think it's, sorry, uh, Watmore on the left-hand side. He beats Ballard with ease. Ballard falls to the ground. Clip to the back post, no one picking up the midfielder there, Crooks, and it's 1-0 one, one at the time. And obviously, I said we got this equaliser late in the game, it's actually in the first half. Bit of fortune, fortuitous uh, side of things for us. Um, Bamba's ricocheted again and it's gone into the back of the net. But I think it's, yeah, defensively, it's just it's a bit of an issue. I think, you know, we've changed formation, haven't we, Mickey? Maybe it's getting used to that. But how do you feel, obviously, we've gone from this five at the back. last two games we played a back four. Um are you glass half full, glass half empty about it? What's your kind of take on it? I'm still always half full, mate. Do you know what I mean? You've got to stay positive with it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're always up and down with supporting Millwall, mate. Do you know, we always expect far too much as a Millwall fan. We expect them to, you know, really be top two, top three position in the in the table every year and the chance. And, and realistically, as long as we finish fourth from bottom, mate, on every season, then we're over the moon. Um, if we finish in the top 10, then, yeah, it's a, it's a result. If we finish within the top six and we get into playoffs, then, yeah, we're over the moon. It's a trip to Wembley. But I think we are always... Um, we're always over-expecting. You know, our, being a Millwall fan is always full of ups and downs. And if, you know, if you're new to supporting Millwall as such, then and you haven't really seen a lot of the, the up and down, then, you know, you've got that to come, mate. You might have been on the on the glory for the last few years, mate, where we've had more trips to Wembley than Arsenal and stuff like that, mate. But, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely our life is full of ups and downs being a Millwall fan. So, you know, the way it is at the moment, it is what it is. But you just got to stay positive and go on with it. I mean, I'm still, uh, you know, I said a few weeks ago that, you know, give it the Boxing Day and see where we are. But, if we're in where we are now in Boxing Day, then I think it's still rowing. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously we had a testing little spell, didn't we, before we picked up a couple of wins for the international break. And, you know, I think Huddersfield away was a tough one for me to take at the time. Uh, we, we spoke about it since, but, you know... If you've I not think... listened to it, there is a there is a, a pod where Omar yeah. gives his views straight after um, Huddersfield, which is, you know, it's a good listen. It's an honest it, listen. It was very hot at the moment, um, or heat at the moment, sorry. You know, obviously getting home 10 o'clock at night after driving up to, this, uh, to Huddersfield and back. But I think, you know, I'm very much, I'm, I think I'm really impressed with what he's trying to do and change things around. Um, and I say change things around, things haven't been terrible either. We've all said this, we're a steady team under Rowett. 
Um, he's gone for a bit more kind of an open approach last couple of games. You know, we gave Bournemouth a really good game the other night. And, mm. you know, I think the den factor is slowly creeping back in. You know, if you look at our home form in recent games, you know, we seem to be kind of difficult to beat, but also we're playing on the front foot a lot of the time. You know, since that Luton defeat where we lost 2-0, where we all kind of thought, you know, panic stations here, what's going on? Uh, we picked up a 2-1 win against Stoke, beat Reading 1-0, drew one against Derby, should have got over the line maybe in that game, tough one. Obviously, there were, that's mm. 10 men. It was a remembrance day as well, you know, which kind of, I think, the, the occasion in the hoo-ha. But, you know, I think it was obviously that came into the kind of reckoning at the time. And obviously, against Bournemouth on Wednesday, just gone. You know, we went 1-0 down, yes, in the first half. They didn't really deserve to go in 1-0 up. I'll be honest, going into the game, I was fearing the worst. They were fresh off the defeat against Preston, obviously angry, mm. top of the table. A lot of the season, they've been making the running for a lot of the league. But I thought, you know, it was the opposite for us where we was in the game and had our fair share of opportunities in the first half. You go to the second half and just constant pressure. And Benekafobi's goal, you know, it's like we're almost getting that kind of Carlo Lane home end return, if that makes sense, where at times under Harris, we was almost sucking the ball into the back of the net. And I think that's yeah. creeping back in at the den. And obviously it's needed because, you know, especially after a defeat at Hull on the weekends, you know, we need to bounce back into winning ways the next time out, I feel like. No, I think you're right. I think it's <clears throat> that that home advantage um, when it's on full voice. You can suck the balls in the net. You know, those little chances that were going wide, mm-hmm. they don't go wide. They they just fall in place. Um, I think we played well against Bournemouth, um, considering that they are top of the table. They could have really, you know, they could have really taken us to task. Um, whether or not it's... Um, they just didn't go over the, the defeat they had before or, or they were I think they've had they've had injuries, but also Phoebe's goal, mate. I mean, mm. it needs to give that a bit more limelight, don't we? Class goal, taking it down in his stride and burying it like a true yeah. striker. Brilliant. Yeah, but he just needs to score a few more than him. But I mean, you know, Scott Parker's doing all right there though, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, we played two teams with two decent managers, you know, uh, we're you know, Hull okay, fine. But Hull again was a was a game we should have won. You know, realistically, if you look back at the three games, really, maybe the four games, if you include Derby as well, they were four games, really, we should have won. I think the Middlesbrough um, game was tough. It was tough one at Middlesbrough. We were out of luck at times. They yeah, we did. But we could. We had a couple of chances where we could have we mm-hmm. could have sealed it. But again, you know, we didn't. And is that, do we have that lion spirit for the final, the final bit? But definitely the last two games, we seem to have been really far. I mean, I don't think they could have given any more for the whole game. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were running back forwards. You, you expected that if we had ten more minutes, we could have probably won that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's also like, like I said, we've seen the return to a, a two up front, and you know, mm. l- last two games, Bradshaw came on as a sub against Bournemouth, flicks the ball onto a Phoebe for his goal, and then this this time round on Saturday, a Phoebe brings it down neatly on the edge of the, you know, his own half, plays the ball superbly through his Bradshaw running through on goal, and he tucks it away. You know, it's almost like a little partnership they're forming, it feels like. And you know, Bradshaw's got yeah. three goals for this season. Afobi's got four. You know, maybe it's a chance to kind of persevere with them going into the next couple of games. But, you know, Birmingham's going to be a real kind of humdinger, always is, you know, at the Den, um, or even at St Andrews in that case. But it's going to be a real kind of good test, but also a good opportunity to try and blossom this 4-4-2 in the right way, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I agree with you. I think the... I think the um... I think there is a partnership there, but it's it's again, Gary's got to start pushing that partnership forward. 
Do you know what I mean? He, he, he has to give, start having a bit of faith in them and letting them go forward. Um, I think he stuck with it on Saturday, didn't he, after they scored on... Yeah, it's whether or not he does it against, what do you call it, when we got Wednesday in it. So whether or not he does it against Birmingham on Wednesday at the Den. Saturday. Um, Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah Saturday the fourth, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Brian King's there as well. So, uh, is he? Yeah, he's doing more signings and that. So, yeah, if you want a book for nice. Christmas, Brian... Brian King is uh, at the stadium with his Lion King book. Um, he's obliging. And you can get signing. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it makes me die. You've got loads. You've got enough people, all the usual suspects, right out, oh, shit, blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> there ain't anyone out there who you take instead. There's no one of, of decent quality who you'll go, do you know what? They'd, they'd probably come to Millwall. They'd have a go. Um, and there isn't really anyone, you know, out there who, who would probably, who's available and who'd probably come. Um, and then you've got all the upheaval again of new management, new backroom staff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just think, you know, stick with what we've got. I can't see the board getting rid of him while he's 10th. If we were going into Christmas and we were bottom of the league, then I think it would be a different story. But while he's sitting on 10th place, the board ain't going to get rid of him for love nor money. I think that, yeah. I mean, I guess the ultimate thing is, you know, you look at the teams in and around us, it's just the draws and there's no surprise there. We all have the most draws in the league this season, nine in 20. You know, the next second best to that is a group of teams on, oh, actually you've got Derby at the bottom on 10 draws, I'll stand corrected. Um, but we're the second most. But then after that, you've got seven draws for West Brom, um, same for Luton, not the Forest, Preston. We're, we're obviously showing promise because we're 10th place in the league, but you just think if we converted even three of them draws into wins, you'd be six we'll points be better and you'd be in the playoffs, correct? And, you know, you look at the teams that are in and amongst the playoffs at the moment, you know, QPR have managed to cement themselves in third place in the last few weeks. Obviously, back-to-back-to-back yeah. back wins for them, three in a row. Um, obviously, you've got a tournament ball at the top like we already know, but then you've got West Brom, Blackburn, Coventry, Stoke, it wouldn't be out of the question to have a Mill win there. And I think this point was obviously this week was, you know, we got that draw against Middlesbrough, tough place to go. I've got a good draw against Bournemouth because it is, you know, you think about Bournemouth and the side they are, they were turning up against Coventry the other night until they had a player sent off and drew 2-2 in the end. So obviously their quality is there to be seen. And you just think to yourself, right, okay, good two solid points there. Can you go to Hull? And fair play to Rarit, you know, I, I like I said, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm, I'm not necessarily in or out about Rarit, but I am definitely on the fence still about it. But I think for sure, like, you know, we went to Hull to try and win the game Saturday. 4-4-2, two attacking wingers, Ojo and Jed Wallace playing. You know, you've got Mitchell in the middle with Saville. You know, that that's like a, it's an attacking lineup. Went to go and give it a good go. Um, and we just come up short, you know. And again, we've had a chance in the second half to try and get back in the game, but it's the individual areas that cost it for me, I think. And it's something that needs to be fixed quickly with the defence, I think. You can't necessarily say it's a change formation because all season we've only kept four clean sheets and we've only played four at the back for about three or four games. So I don't think it's the formation at fault, but it's a hard one to pinpoint, isn't it? I think, Mickey, to determine actually what is going wrong there. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's <clears throat> it's probably a couple of things. We haven't got a we haven't got a nailed on striker. Someone who can go out and score twenty goals a season. But take away the goals um, for a second. Think about the defense. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the? Well, that's what I'm saying. saying. That's what I was going to get to. I think the defense-wise, I think the problem is with defense is that 
we've had quite a few injuries this season. So there's been quite a bit of chip and changing. And also there's been a lot of competition for places. So previous where, you know, players were just being kept in game after game after game, like Cooper, etc., is now having to compete for his his place. Um, Ballard is superb. Um, you know, Cooper is, is up and down. Hutchinson is superb. Um, you know, um, Keith is, again, when he comes on, the trouble is with Keith is that he just takes too much blood, doesn't he? You know, he, he just seems to want to go in for the kill every single tackle, which is great, but it don't do us any favours when he starts getting carded. Maybe that's another thing as well. If you look at our, our defence, I think there's been quite a few yellows through our defence this year, mm-hmm. through our defence this season. So, you know, maybe the, they're under pressure and they're going in really hard. I do think we've just had injury, silly mistakes, um, and that could be for a number of reasons. I think it's almost like a transitional bit at the moment. Like, we've seen him give up the five at the back at least the last two games. And I suspect against Birmingham, we're going to see a similar sort of lineup and hopefully go for it again. Mm. Maybe Keith comes back in against his old club in the midfields in place of Savile, maybe, or <laughs> maybe in place of Mitchell. Who knows? Um, but maybe. It's a case of it's a transitional stage at the moment where we've played this back four or we played a back five for a while. Now we're going to back four with two midfielders in the four four two. Maybe it needs to be a balance of that to try and find that sort of setup there. It's obviously just I think it's, it's kind of grin it for now, but maybe it will come good. I do personally think I've seen a lot of promising signs, like you said at Hull on Saturday, Mickey. You know, we gave it a good go, and you just think like the penny will drop if we keep playing that way. Um, should have beat Bournemouth, could have and should have got something from Saturday's game. I think if we have the same performances more than not, um, more often than not, so to speak, then I think it will come good for us. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's just keep practicing, you know, keep playing like this. And when the suppliers start getting used to it, and you know, because they just couldn't get the red round, the five, the back five and stuff, it just wasn't in their mentality. Um, whether or not, you know, that's that's a newer formation for a younger you know, a younger set team as such, or more of a continental set team. But, you know, the older players, were, I say older, you know, the mid-20s and all that, they've probably grown up playing more 4-4-2, four, four, more four-style, you know, four at the back, rather than um, than what Rowett wanted. And they, maybe they just couldn't get their heads around it with everything else. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think... I think if we can stick with this and it starts turning, like you said, if we can just start getting a little bit of luck and scoring a couple of goals a game, then I think realistically things will change and, and we go, are we going to be in playoffs? Probably not, but I could see us finishing, you know, between eight and 10 quite happily. We might get playoffs. You know what I mean? The fixtures, albeit, you know, we're still, I think, four points behind the playoffs. We might as well aim for the stars and hope for the best. Got an exclusive. Gone. Got an exclusive. Tell me. Shona has just won the FSA um, Supporter Liaison of the Year. Ooh, superb. That's against um, the likes of West Ham and everything else, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm just confirming it now. Nice. Breaking news here with Mickey Simpson. <laughs> um, I've got a picture of her up on the stage. Nice. Um, no, 
Message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat. When are we set in sail, Captain? <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. I'm not saving from the club tonight, so this is. No, no. <laughs> no, it looks like she's won, mate. Nice, superb, good effort. Well deserved. We well. we, I um, I nominated. I was the first person to nominate and get her on there because mm-hmm. I think that she just deserves. Um, she just deserves to be recognised for what she does. She's been superb through the COVID and everything else. Um, when I was found on the board, she was in charge of disabled fans, and she was superb there. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, proper made up for her there, mate. Proper made up. Um, yeah, well done to her. And she beat me as well. I was up for it two years on the trot, mate, and didn't win. And uh, she went up once and um, and won it. So, yeah. Maybe your hard work was put the legwork in to recognise me all, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. Fair play to Listen, her, because it's, it's a hard, tough task, I think, obviously, pleasing me all fans, but you would, you'd go far and wide to try and find someone to say something bad about that role she does. So, yeah, it's, it's well-deserved, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, should, we wrap up, should we wrap up on part one, maybe? Um, yeah, definitely, finish, definitely. Finish with a bit about Birmingham, and then maybe we can talk a bit more in depth about that. But um, obviously, Birmingham, tough place, uh, tough team to have come down to the den, obviously. Lee Bayer in charge, the Panto villain he is, obviously ex-Charlton manager. Uh, should be an interesting affair on Saturday. Um, obviously, we got they played, I think, the last game they won against Blackpool. Uh, they had a kind of winner streak before that, but should be a tough game, Mickey. You know, Birmingham are a team that, Similar ambitions to us, I suppose. Always want to try and punch above their weight. Um, they're only a point behind us in the table, so it should be a tricky game on Saturday against them. Yeah, yeah, I think you, yeah. I've, sorry, mate, I'm all, all, all over the place. I'm getting texts for everyone in a minute. Um, Birmingham. Yeah, no, I think Birmingham. I think, we'll be, I think it'll be a tough game, mate. Um, they're similar record to us. Like, yeah, they've got a negative two goal difference. They're only a point behind us. They've won seven. We won six. But they're, you know, they've lost a few more games than us, but it'll be a tough game. Um, I'll let Mickey gather his thoughts here and then we'll come back into part two where we'll do a bit of a little general chit-chat about um, Remembrance Day when we worked at the, at the Den, or works, I volunteered at the Den. And I'm sure Mickey will be able to have, give more of an update on whether Sean has actually won the award or not. So we'll be back in a sec. Welcome to part number two and the final part of the show. As you can probably guess from part one, it's a general kind of catch up between myself and Mickey, a bit of a mismatch of a show. But Mickey, I thought it'd be good to talk about in this part anyway, about obviously the Reverence Day game. Uh, COVID, if you want, go COVID first, go on, off you go. You had COVID. Whilst I said that we've not um, done the show for three weeks, you also did have COVID last week. So it kind of in part put back the show a little bit. Firstly, how are you? 
I'm all right now, mate. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. over it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, all of us got it. <clears throat> um, me and my missus, my missus is, is worse for me. She's got asthma. So she's um, taking a bit of hit of it on it as such. But we're all double jabbed. So thank God for that. Um, our asthma's still up in the air now. Steroids and everything else and an ongoing treatment for it. But they reckon it should balance itself back down. The kids walked it. Um they were no real problem at all. Um, my boy was worse probably a, a couple of weeks before we tested positive um, with it. I think the rules around COVID are a bit all fucked up, if I'm honest with you, um, because I had symptoms before, but tested, neg- but tested negative. And when we had the test, because I had symptoms of uh, you know, best part of a week before, but when I'm testing positive, when I tested positive with my missus and my daughter, I come out. I was going to be coming out of isolation four days before they were. So I tested positive last Saturday, and I was clear by the Wednesday to be able to go out and about as of the Wednesday. Yet my missus and that weren't cleared until Sunday, and then my boy tested on the Tuesday, mm-hmm. positive on the Tuesday. Yet he was out, he was able to come out on the Friday. Yeah. So, you know, you're sort of like, mm, I don't know how the rules work there, but um, it was, it was, look, it was, you, you felt it, you've had it. You, had you it. definitely, you yeah. definitely feel you've had it. Um, would I want to do it without having the vaccine in? Probably not, if I'm honest, mate. I think it worked. You've done it with one jab, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not pleasant. Um, I know some Mill fans still struggling with it, um, who've gone through it, but hey ho, you know, um, <clears throat> it's it, yeah. I wouldn't want to necessarily be a professional football player at the minute with it, whether or not you're jabbed or not jabbed. Because I think you know to get yourself back fit, um, I think would be a struggle. I mean, if I was, if that was my arena, I don't think I'd be fit enough to be doing runs at the minute. The COVID chronicles um, of that mill podcast, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, mate. Honestly, you're 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 bang on. I think. um it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like, and also, I wonder, obviously, well, no, I don't want to talk too much about COVID because I hate talking about it, to be honest, in the first place. But I just wonder, I agree with you, you, know, you never know what's around the corner, do you? And it's like, if you listen to the news, you know, for all we know, it could be another lockdown in the next fucking three weeks and no football again. That, imagine that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if things are going to change. Let's talk about it from the football side. Like, are they going to tighten the rules and ask how we go to the games or what we do when we go to the games? Or is that going to change, I wonder? Because obviously, I know at Mill in particular, they've um, been, I say, quite good. They've left it up to people to do their own due diligence, haven't they, really? I wonder if they're going to make it a bit more compulsory or change things around. That's maybe that's something they might have to do, I think, if it starts. Yeah, you might again. see masks being forced in. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, to be fair, you sort of, you need a few rules probably to come in because people have just sort of relaxed a lot, haven't they? Um, but again, it's just common sense, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're in a confined space, then you're going to wear a mask, and you, you know, realistically, um, because the human race as a whole are, are a filthy bunch of fucking animals. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you need to watch people on the tube, mate. You know, picking their nose, wiping on the fucking on a handle and shit like that. And then when you put COVID involved in it, you're sort of thinking how much of it is being passed around. Um, I think we caught it from the school, to be fair. Schools are rife. Um, we watched it go through the school like, you know, like wildfire. So, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think it's um, 
I think if you're a professional sports person, then I think, you know, if you, you had COVID for a week or, or was knocked out of it for a week, maybe a week and a half, then I do think you're probably looking at a month before you'll be back at full training and full, you know, back up to start looking as if you're getting correct, maybe three months. I think um, it's um, like, we, like the catch-22, it hits people differently. I think uh, I remember reading something about Ben Godfrey over at Everson, the centre-half, and he said it took him a couple of months to really get over it. But then again, you've had people that have had it and then be back in business two weeks later. So I think um, for a footballer, much like how it is for everyone else, it can just depend, I guess, what stage it is, how it catches you. You know, it could be anything. Really, yeah, no, definitely. So. Should we, talk about, should we talk about brighter times? Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's about, talk about Derby game. You were there. Obviously, the you game. and my right-hand man for Derby. I've done, I've done an interview with um, with all the um, soldiers and stuff, and unfortunately, you weren't um, you weren't around or you weren't on that one. But what was it for you? I mean, pitch side on a on such an important game like that. Yeah, it was how was it though. for you? Yeah, it was brilliant. A good day, obviously. Um, Getting a little bit early, obviously, didn't we? You know, about midday and then obviously you met all the soldiers and all the armed forces uh, it was great to see them all really a lot of them were Millwall fans which you'd be surprised about you know what I mean like it's kind of obviously it's good to, that you know you've got a few I think we had a few scousers there and people from here down everywhere but I get um, everywhere. It, yeah <laughs> but it was impressive that obviously you picked out Millwall supporting armed forces people um, and in the sense that you know the crowd were receptive to that as well and obviously you know just like anyone else would be if they were pitch side despite the fact they were in uniform and overalls, it doesn't matter. They were there to enjoy the day as much as all the fans were, really. And I think that's what kind of adds to the occasion. Um, and obviously, we've raised loads of money. I think the figure stands at, what, £27,000, £28,000 now. It's quite a lot of money, isn't it? I think yeah, it's well over twenty six, well over yeah. twenty six grand now. I think there's... Which is fantastic. There's a few hundred. There's a good few hundred from Hoff. There's a good few grand from the Poppy yeah. um, shirt sales and stuff. So, yeah, I mean... My scarf's um, up here from when we wore the day. Obviously, we bought the yeah, scarf poppy scarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah my scarf's upstairs. But no, I can was... buy better quality ones next year. But, yeah, no, other than that, they were, they were good. Yeah, it was um, brilliant, though. Even at the end, like, the day, obviously, like, you know, the last post being pitched side for that. Even walking yeah. around and escorting the soldiers around just pre-game and putting them on each of the gates, which, obviously, we thought of and done. Um, which was great, and then obviously, kind of the fans receptive to that and being pitched. You thought that? I, well, you no, we were... <laughs> I, I wanted to put the soldiers around, and then I was going to be marking marking walls yeah. with tape, and you just went uh, light bulb moment. Uh, what about putting me in front of the gates? And it just so happened that we had the right number, so it yeah, worked. we had more or less bang on, didn't we? Like, because yeah, also yeah. it helped build the atmosphere, and it would have been brilliant because obviously we had the last post, and it was so respectfully observed, wasn't it? I think you could hear a pin drop when that was happening. I, my big worry was obviously being there is like people are late coming in or if there's any away fans, Derby fans like coming in charting or anything, but it was impeccably reserved, uh, reserved, observed. Um, and then obviously when then the game starts, but then everyone's coming around, we're trying to get everyone in. And then I think a phobia has a chance, doesn't he, to score. And you're thinking if he scored then when they're laying the reach out, <coughs> there could might well have been some armed forces on the pitch, I was thinking, or a pitch invasion or something. Cause the atmosphere yeah. was brilliant up to that point. And you're thinking like, Goal goes in right now. This could be eventful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was thinking to say because you were obviously one side of cold blow yeah. and I was the other side of it, and and we were sort of coming in towards the middle when they were doing all the cheer just to to fill there as well. And then all of a sudden, I thought if I had a scored, I think we would have we would have had the players on us. Yeah, and I think the armed forces would have been on the players, and I think it would have just been an absolute photo moment um, <laughs> and superb. But I mean, one thing what I took from there, which I didn't really speak about when I'd done before, but we'll, 
you know, we can we can hit it with you, is that how many interviews have we ever heard where they turn around and say the 12th man is, you know, means a lot to us, blah, 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 blah. And sitting in the stands, you don't really understand. But you were pitch side when when that goal nearly went in, yeah. um, when the last post was done and the cheers afterwards. How I've said it loads of times, but, you know, get it from you. How loud is it pitch side with that crowd? Oh, massively loud. I think it was, what, 15,000 gate there, wasn't it, for Remembrance Day? Um, obviously a bit larger than usual, but you could hear, like, the the not just necessarily the the, the chant, but the roar, like the the crowd. Like I think if you're a player and you're a middle fan, for example, after the likes of Danny Mack and Billy Mitchell, I can only think of it being such a dream to play in front of that every other weekend, mate. Because yeah, it's it's definitely a twelfth man, and you're right. You don't really notice it when you're in the crowd because obviously you hear your segment and you hear bits going on here, yeah. there, and everywhere. Um, I liken it to maybe like if you're in a way and where it's kind of like it's sheltered in and it's echoed, but. You know, like having that kind of roar behind you, you hear players talk about it, but it really does make sense when you pitch side to hear it because it's different level, I think. And like I said to you, like this part one, like having the team play on the front foot, it brings the the crowd into play. And even against Bournemouth, it wasn't our biggest gate of the season by a country mile, but I reckon you've got about 9,000 mill fans there. But when we're attacking, we're knocking on the door and we're trying to force the occasion the fans just get behind you a million percent. And I think that's the yeah. best thing about playing at the Denver Mill and definitely something that Garrett needs to channel into going forward, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. But it is it's weird how it's as if, because you don't realise how much of a bank Mill is. It's sort of like it's it's raised to the pitch in the middle, sort of comes level when it's banked on either side and either front and end. Mm-hmm. And you don't realise how loud that is when you walk on that pitch. And you hear that crowd, and you know it, it. It's just immense. I mean, I've done it a few different things, and and it never fails to excite me. It never fails to to make the hair stick up on your body. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you're on the back of your neck. You're just like, wow. It's a platform, you know, isn't it? It's, like, it's oh, brilliant. It's yeah. Unbelievable. It's, and, and our fans never let us down. And the last thing about that day, obviously, the derby game. Fair play to Wayne Rooney. He got dogs abuse for 90 minutes. And then after the game, um, this was obviously taking the half-horses around. I don't think they were meant to run up to him to get pictures of him and stuff like that. But he stood there and got pictures of every single one of them, didn't he? I think, you know, and you got to give him he credit getting, for that. He was getting chased around a pitch, wasn't yeah. he? Bless him. Um, <laughs> but, but like, no, you know, he could have yeah, easily, no. like, shoved it away or whatever. But I think, you know, credit where it's due, you know, he had time yeah, for was, pictures. Yeah, he was doing all the and, Yeah. I mean, exactly. it was quite weird, wasn't it? Because our players were warming down. He was... Yeah. He was doing Derby TV and, and other media stuff. He's getting loads of abuse, you know, like, oh, really, come here, come here, getting chased around the pitch. Yeah. And he, he puts it aside and and then the Derby fella come over and their pictures taken with him and, and with the reefs and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then our players were coming over having pictures and getting, you know, chased around pitch. It was What it surprised me was is that all the way through it, the Army were really massively respectful. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, full on military professionalism, everything else. And then afterwards, they become Millwall fan children. They see Rooney you know I mean? as well. Like, it was, like you know, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like, you know, that's Rooney. Uh, you know, I grew up watching him. I, I've got to have yeah. a picture with him. Or, yeah. you know, our players, it, it just got, they just behave like kids, mm-hmm. um, which was great. You know, it was probably more the fact that they'd been on the beer most of the day. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, um, are you, you suggesting know, they were well? Are you suggesting they were well fed with um, alcohol? <clears> they were. They were well looked after <laughs> by Millwall, mate. Millwall, of course. Um, yeah. Millwall proper looked after them, so much appreciated yeah. to them again. You know, the club, Billy, Shona, um, 
and uh, Shona wins the award today. So yeah, good luck to her. You're well giddy. You're so well giddy about that, aren't you? <laughs> Mate, listen, it, it, I I know what that award is, um, mm -hmm. and and what it is to be nominated for that award. You know, I, in two years I was fan on the board. I was nominated for it two years on the trot, and. When I nominated her, I said, look, I said, don't go in there thinking you're going to win it. I said, because the chances are you're not. You're up against some really big players. You know, you're up against West Ham, who's been there years. You're up against Liverpool. You're up against some big names in the industry. But listen, it's a free night out. You'll meet a lots of interesting people and you'll thoroughly enjoy the night. I mean, when I done it, it was two, two years at the Tower of London in the market at the Tower of London. It's superb. They look after you. You get free drinks, free beer. Not like a lot of these award ceremonies where you have to buy your ticket. They give you a free ticket. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They give you a pair of tickets so that you and you and someone else can go. And it's superb. You know, you'll get you'll get to meet Gary Neville. I mean I've done I went one year where I got um I got what's his name? Um the bloke who used to do Italian 90. James, is it James someone? I can't think of his name now. But he used to do the Italian James, 90. And, James Richardson, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. James Richardson was there one year and I was speaking to him and he'd done a he'd done a show blog. He'd done a show reel for Nick Hart for his podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and, and that's what it's like. It's very laid back, it's very chilled, but it's a great thing to be involved in. And the fact that she won it uh, and on her first appearance is just superb. As I said, I went up twice. I'm not better in any way. I went up twice, didn't win it. But the fact that she went up and won it purely on her merit of, of you know, what she does. Um, and, you know, when the nominated her, it was put in there and, and I've spoken to people at the FSF and, and just literally laid it what she does and what she did for people. I don't think there's anyone else what works harder than her at the club. Um, you know, and that even, I even put Jed Wallace in that thing. I think she she works you know, harder than him. She's a well-deserved winner. Um, yeah, checks in the post, please, Shona. <laughs> but you owe Mickey a beer by the sound of it. <laughs> it is what it is. At the end of the day, she's won it for every Millwall fan out there. So it's, you know, and the fact that she beat West Ham and Liverpool just makes it even better, doesn't it? Definitely, mate. I think it's spot on. It's um, great all round and some good publicity for Mills to have, isn't it? I mean, fantastic there you go. bit of publicity, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Beating as well the likes of you know West Ham, Liverpool, Swansea, some big contenders in there. So there you go. Shows can't knock us, mate. There you go. She's going to win it next year now, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. No pressure, Shona. <laughs> no, no, no pressure, Shona. So yeah, yeah, just just win it next year and keep winning it, and then Anything we go from there. But yeah. Anything else you want to add to this off the cuff podcast where we return? I not really, mate. Um. No, not really. I mean, look, um, if you're out there and you, you know, you think you've got comments or you want to do match reviews and stuff, always send us the videos, mate. We'll always, we'll always look at them and put them up. Um, you know, they're, they're, we're always looking for content. If you want to get involved and do stuff, then yeah, just get in touch. Let us know what's what, um, and then we go from there, fella. So yeah, yeah, you. Um, you do what you need to do and uh, yeah, get in touch. It's the same way. You know where we are. It's that Millwall pod across all socials. Uh, you can drop us an email info at that millwallpodcast.co.uk. Uh, also check out the website. There is loads of um, Millwall Christmas ideas, present ideas for that Millwall fan in your life. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We promise we won't stay off no more. I won't, I won't try and catch COVID again. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think I'm still, I'm still exempt. Yeah, we've got a couple of away days coming, haven't we? I think I'm still a little bit exempt from COVID for now, so I'm all right for now. But, you know, it might come back again before we know. Um, but yeah, we have got a couple of away days, hopefully. Um, you know, it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, fun, wouldn't it? It'll be good fun. So, um, so yeah, remember, if you see us out, come and say hello. Um, if you want to give anyone abuse, give it to him. Don't give it to me. Um, They'll probably see and, you first, mate, because that, that thing you got, you know. No, no hair on top. Yeah, you, you stick out a little bit, so I might see you first. If at the yeah, okay, okay, brother, Omar. You gave him a stick at the start, so I'll, I'll give yeah, you yeah, yeah. the show. Listen. So, yeah, we're back, we're back with a bag anyway. So, um, we will be back probably later in the week for a preview of Birmingham game. Uh, might go into a bit more detail of Kai if we get him on. Um, he wasn't around tonight, so shout out to you, Kai, if you're still listening, mate, and catching up. Uh, we will be back. Like I said, late in the week, Saturday, we've got Birmingham. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe and like the video. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to give us a review and oh, yeah, no midweek don't hesitate. Game. Yeah, no midweek game, mate, because we got that game on, not Wednesday, on Saturday, because you said Wednesday earlier. So, um, you know what I mean? So, uh, and obviously check us out across our socials. Mickey plugged on all of them already, but at that mill pod on Twitter is the main go-to really, I'd say. So we'll be back soon and hopefully... Have some wins to talk about Mill in a few coming weeks. So thanks guys and see you soon. See you later. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.